Welcome to Today on Broadway for Wednesday, February 21st, 2024. I'm Broadway Radio's Matt Tamanini. I am coming to you on my own today because Grace is, as I am speaking, on her way over to New York City Center for the invited dress rehearsal for Jelly's Last Jam. She's taking her mother as her plus one. So I hope that both Grace and Margaret have a great time seeing that show. And as soon as I am done, I am getting dressed and heading to the Dr. Phillips Center for the Performing Arts to check out the national tour of Moulin Rouge. So lots of stuff going on. So I'm going to run you through what news we have today fairly quickly. And it starts not in New York City and not in Orlando either, but instead in Washington, D.C., where yesterday we got the initial casting for Bye Bye Birdie at the Kennedy Center as part of its Broadway Center Stage production. The cast will be led by Christian Borel as Albert Peterson, Krista Rodriguez as Rosie Alvarez, and Ephraim Sykes as Conrad Birdie. You might remember that before the pandemic in 2020, there was a different version of this show that was going to happen as part of this Kennedy Center series. Instead of the cast that I just talked about, the show was going to feature Carly Hughes as Rose Grant, using the different version of that name since she is not of a Latino background. It was also going to feature James Vanderbeek as Albert and Harvey Firestein as his mother, May. No one had been named to be playing Conrad as of yet, but Caitlin Kanunen was going to be playing Ursula, Mallory Bechtel was playing Kim McAfee, Ann Harada as Doris, and Reg Rogers as Harry. It'll be interesting to see if any of those folks are also in this company. Some other names in the ensemble that you might recognize, Julian de Guzman, John Tracy Egan, who's getting ready to do the Clue Tour, so I don't think he'll be involved, Liz McCartney, and others. Uh, but it'll be fun to see if any of these folks that were originally announced for this four years ago now are going to be a part of this one moving forward. Instead, this one will take place at the Kennedy Center from June 7th through the 15th. The only other real casting news that we have today is also not in New York City. Instead, it is at the Goodspeed Opera House because yesterday Goodspeed Musicals announced the cast for its upcoming production of The Mystery of Edwin Drood. The show is going to run from April 5th through June 2nd. And the company heading to East Haddam, Connecticut will be led by fairly recent Broadway radio guest Mamie Paris in the title role of Drood. She will be joined by Lenny Wolpe, Liz McCartney, who I just talked about, Paul Adam Schaefer, Paul Slade Smith, David Beach, and others. This one will be directed by Rob Ruggiero and choreographed by James Gray. It is, of course, the 1986 Best Musical Tony Award winner, which featured book, music, and lyrics and orchestrations by former two-time Broadway radio guest Rupert Holmes. Just one of the absolute gems of the musical theater canon. I don't know that it gets its place up there with the RNH shows or Candor and Ebb or Bach and Harnick, but it really is about as perfect of a show as you could possibly get, especially with the conceit in the ending where the audience picks the, the outcome. It's just truly brilliant, and uh, I am looking forward to hearing all about this one. All right, let's jump into last week's Broadway grosses. Overall, things were pretty good across the board. We'll talk about that here in a second. Um, there was a total of 15 of the 23 shows running on Broadway. It was down one show from the 24 the previous week because of the closing of How to Dance in Ohio. But 15 of the 23 did eclipse $1 million. And 20 of the 23 shows that were running on the main stem last week had 90% capacity or above. Obviously, that was helped by the President's Day long weekend. Lots of people in town and, of course, helped 
by me. Uh, overall, the grosses climbed nearly $6 million or 27% to come in at $26,946,864. Attendance also grew by about 14,000 people or 7% to come in at 201,227 people. The average ticket price was $133.91. The top grocer overall was the Lion King getting back north of $2 million at $2,004,314. That was nearly a half million dollar increase for that show over the previous week. Hamilton was at $1.96 million, featuring just south of $400,000 increase. Wicked was in third at $1.93 million. That one had a $630,000 increase. Merrily Be Roll Along was in fourth at $1.6. MJ was at $1.56. The rest of the shows north of seven figures in descending order were Harry Potter and the Cursed Child, which also had an increase of more than $500,000, Moulin Rouge, Sweeney Todd in just seven performances, Aladdin, Back to the Future, and Juliet, Book of Mormon, Town, Chicago, and The Notebook. Six was just on the outside looking in on that one. Speaking of The Notebook, this was its first full week of previews, and by full, compared to like the four it had the previous week, it only had seven. So it still was able to eclipse $1 million on seven performances, which means that if you take in its box office revenue of $1,013,563 and extrapolate that over a full week of eight performances, that would come in at $1,158,000. So, so not bad, especially when, as I talked about uh, a couple of times here, both in my travelogue episode and on yesterday's show, I got a $49 ticket. So I imagine that once this show opens, that will not happen very often. Only three shows saw week-to-week -week declines, and it's not a surprise because none of these shows are what I would call family-friendly, and those were Appropriate, which dropped $138,000, uh, then Prayer for French Republic, which dropped $20,000, and Days of Wine and Roses, which was actually the lowest-grossing show on Broadway last week, dropped a little over $12,000. The difference between Days of Wine and Roses in those other two shows is that Prayer for the French Republic was at 91.42% capacity, while Appropriate was at 99.97%. So still doing very well over there. Days of Wine and Roses, though, was the lowest attended show in terms of capacity at 54.38%, which was almost a 7.5% decline from the previous week. Appropriate only did five shows last week, so there were some uh, cancellations due to illnesses. So that show, despite dropping uh, $138,000, was still at 99.97% capacity, so that's still doing fine. All right, running through some other theatrically tangential news in the world of pop culture. Yesterday in an exclusive, People reported that Gilmore Girls and Chorus Line star Kelly Bishop is getting ready to publish a memoir from Gallery Books, which is an imprint of Simon & Schuster. It is going to be called The Third Gilmore Girl. It goes all the way back to her time on the Broadway stage, up through Stars Hollow and everything that happens after that. Of course, Bishop originated in the role of Sheila in a chorus line on Broadway. That part was essentially built off of her life and story in the industry, as many of the characters in a chorus line were. She went on to win the Tony Award for Best Featured Actress in 1976, then played Baby's mom in Dirty Dancing, and then played Emily Gilmore on The Gilmore Girls. So what an incredible life she has had, what an incredible career. And uh, this will definitely be one to check out when it is released. 
Yesterday it was also announced that White Lotus star Will Sharp is set to play the title role in the limited series adaptation of Peter Schaefer's iconic play Amadeus. Joe Barton is writing the adaptation. It is expected to premiere later this year on Sky over in the UK, but NBC Universal is handling the international rights to it, so that means it will probably end up on Peacock before anywhere else. I guess there is a potential that they could put it on NBC proper if they wanted, but that is usually not how these things work. So Amadeus coming probably to Peacock sometime in the next year. We also got news that Tony Award winning director Sam Mendes is going to kind of create his own cinematic universe, not of superheroes, not of spies or anything like that, but of the Beatles, he is going to direct four separate but interweaving stories about each member of the Beatles. These are officially authorized versions of Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, John Lennon, and George Harrison's life story. It's the first time that the rights for these individuals' live stories and music has been granted for a scripted film. They will obviously all be interconnected and they are looking to be distributed sometime in 2027. Ringo Starr even actually tweeted out saying, have you heard the news? Oh boy, we all support the Sam Mendes movie project. Yes, indeed, peace and love. And then a series of, of, of emojis from sunglasses, music, rainbow, peace signs, star, heart, and then the peace icon as well. So uh, that one looks fascinating and you know, maybe, maybe get some theater folks to uh, play these parts so that we uh, know the singing can be as good as it should be. All right, and finally in the news section, coming up on Friday, the new stars of Town will perform on the Tamron Hall Show. Of course, check your local listings as to when you can uh, watch that on linear TV, or of course, you can check out social media afterwards as well. But that'll include Jordan Fisher, Ani DeFranco, Lola Tung, Philip Boykin, Lilius White, and others. So check that out. That should be very cool. All right, and our feel-good recommendation for today is some performance and rehearsal videos from the German production of Hercules. Of course, we've talked about how the stage adaptation of this Disney classic did not go super well, either first uh, in the park, but especially up at Paper Mill. So it is being reconfigured in Germany under the direction of Casey Nicola, who is directing and choreographing. Tanisha Scott is doing the co-choreography. It's very cool. A little weird to hear these songs in German, but you know, look, I, I've said it before. I just don't think you send Casey Nicola over to Germany to restage this show if you don't intend for it to be the basis for a new stateside production. Does that mean it's coming to Broadway? Not by any means. We have no reason to think that as of now. It could just mean they're gonna do another out of town and then license it. But if Casey's able to figure it out and he certainly knows how to stage a big Disney show, who knows? That very well could mean it could end up on Broadway soon. All right, that's all that we have for today. Thanks for listening to Today on Broadway. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Broadway Radio. And you can follow me pretty much just on Instagram at BWW Matt. I hope you have a wonderful hump day, and we will be back to talk to you tomorrow.